bar. From a performance and an effort standpoint, no disappointment whatsoever. Great number seven knows like we did last year. This is Pool Time on Impact Sports Radio, your source for goals, high dives, and butterflies. And now your host, Max King. on another edition of Pool Time. This is episode 17. My name is Max King, your host. Got a busy show today, uh, both swimming and water polo news to get to. So we're going to look at the show breakdown here. We're going to first go to water polo. They're going to be at home this weekend for their Spartan invite. We're going to go over their schedule and hear from head coach Mike Scarcelli. And he'll talk about the Michigan invite from last weekend. And then he'll also preview the Spartan Invitational this weekend. And then from there, we'll move to swimming. Uh, the women are at Michigan Friday night, and then they'll go to Toledo Saturday afternoon, and then the men have Michigan on Saturday afternoon as well. We'll hear from head coach Matt Giannotis, assistant coach Michael Hume, and senior swimmer Brian Williams. So let's get into water polo first. We have head coach Mike Scarcelli who joins me. He's going to talk about the last weekend, their first action that they saw this season at the Michigan Invite, and then he's going to get into the Spartan Invitational this weekend. And we'll also hear from captains Diana Steele and Sarah Alabin. Three quality wins officially uh, against, uh, started out thrilling. Double overtime victory, Illinois, uh, 7-6, to six, who got you the Big Ten tournament last year. Beat up on Ohio State pretty good, 17-2. Uh, to two. And then uh, really the, the premier game was uh, the, you, your team against Michigan. It's a 7-4 loss, so just kind of now you have some time to think about it, assess the weekend, how you think your team did as a whole. Well, first we were very happy with the win against Illinois. Last year we had beaten them early on, and then near the end in the Big Ten Championships, Illinois had come back, and they took the second bid, and they got the championship game against University of Michigan. So we were uh, excited and hopeful that we could come out on top. It was a close call. Uh, Illinois is very tired. They had traveled throughout the night uh, in that storm and arrived at 4 a.m. So I know that next time they'll be there even stronger. Uh, OSU, we thought they were going to be a little stronger. They have a great goalie. We got a pretty easy win, and we we're happy with that. Uh, against University of Michigan, again, we knew that we we're going against the best team, one of the best teams in the nation. They have a great coaching staff in Justin Thorson from Huron High School, Andrew Weichman, who's also an alumni of MSU former national champion here, then also another third coach who I'm not familiar with. So they have the, the depth of the coaching, plus they have the players. They have some X Division One players coming out right now, both in cage and in set and in the field. And so we know we got to be on our game. It, it was a hard-fought game against Michigan, both uh, in the pool during warm-up, after uh, emotions were high. I thought our team played very well. Comparative to last year, we had numerous more shots than, we, than last year. Last tournament... We had 21 shots total the entire tournament, all four games. This time we averaged about 20 shots a game. Four of those hitting the bar, so hopefully next time we can make a little of improvements on our turnovers, you know, our missed shots, some really big op opportunities we had, and capitalize. Looking at some individual players, who do you think on your team had a good weekend overall? 
Well, I was very uh, impressed with uh, some new players that I gave the opportunity to. Uh, Lauren Baywall, who's new to the sport, really great athlete and great swimmer. She got her first start officially for our team, got several goals. And actually, after I take a look at it, in my opinion, played perhaps one of the best uh, positive games uh, contributing to our team. Next, another new starter was Paige Kostashak. We get her from the women's Division I team, so she brings a lot of speed with her. And she did very well. She's got to work on some turnovers. Then we had some new blood in the pool with uh, Meredith McCune and also Callie Swan, and both of them did very well. And so both of those four players had new opportunities and we're very excited with them. Uh, in addition, you know, our, our award winners in Diana Steele, Christina Weston, Haley Sheets, and Ariel Viviano all did well as well. So uh, we're looking forward to also our B team and Lisa Radomski and Lindsay Averill potentially in the future moving up. And then let's talk about this weekend's Spartan Invite here at home, uh, looking at your schedule. You start out with Grand Valley Friday night at the 7 o'clock, and then you got Michigan again at 9.15. And then on Saturday, another rival, Notre Dame, and then you end, end the tournament, at least for your A team, with Carnegie Mellon. So uh, let's talk about Michigan first. What do you think that your team needs to do as far as make adjustments in order to come out on top this time around against Michigan? Well, first, defensively, we got to shut down number 12 and number 4. Number 4 is their set. She's unstoppable once she gets the ball. So we have to be able to adjust in our front of her and set. And then also when she gets position and gets the ball, when we crash back and how we react to when she has the ball in her hand locked up. Next, in terms of the field player, number 12, their lefty, we can't, our hip position, our inside defense is a little off. So we have to adjust our, our defensive skill set, get our hips up, and also call for help where needed. Plus, I think we have to have better personnel matchups. Match have, have our bigger players on number four, have our better defenders and our quicker players on number 12. And hopefully we can capitalize on our open opportunities and that will help even the game out. And then lastly, looking at those other three opponents, you have the in-state game against Grand Valley and then again, Notre Dame and Carnegie Mellon. What do you know about those teams? I'm friends and I've played with the, the coach from Grand Valley and so it's a close-knit community. Obviously there'll be some friendship and some rivalry there. Uh, we'll hope to get the win. The tough thing is going to be having a, a double header against Grand Valley then right into U of M. So that is going to be tough. After that the next day the other game we're really looking forward to is the Notre Dame game. Uh, we had to play our own team at this past tournament due to some travel issues due to the weather and they're another great uh, team I think uh, equal in some degrees to University of Michigan without as much depth, uh, but they're also a top 10 ranked team, if maybe not the top six, top eight. Uh, we played them before close. We haven't gotten the win yet, but I think if we can beat a team like Notre Dame, we can build momentum and beat a team like University of Michigan later on. I'm very excited because we didn't end up having a tournament last year for various reasons. So being a senior and I you know, consider myself such a big water polo player, so to be playing Friday, we're having a, a quick senior night before we play U of M just to get you know, our team a little more riled up. The whole boys team will be here, you know, all friends and family, so you know, we're excited to uh, show Michigan what we can do. We ended really strongly against Michigan. We lost 7-4, to four, but I think we came out stronger than they expected us to, uh, and we really wore them down. I mean, they were tired at the end. They weren't looking too happy, so I think we really were giving them a run for their money the whole time. And coming into this weekend, you're at home. What are some things you think you need to work on, not just personally, but as a team? I think we can always communicate more when we're playing. Um, you know, we had a couple bad passes, some not great shots. We weren't really looking at what we were doing all, all the time. So just communicate what we're doing and really just continue to motivate each other. Because I don't think this team realizes the potential we really have. So that's Mike Scarcelli's analysis along with 
uh, some bits there from Diana Steele and Sarah Alabin, team captains. And, and looking at that Michigan game, he's talking about their best players are number four, number 12. Number four, that's actually Ellis O'Connor. She's a junior from Chicago. She was first team all Big Ten last year as a sophomore. And then number 12 is Julia Reimersma. Uh, she's a sophomore from Kentwood. So those are who he was talking about there. So let's look at the complete schedule now for the Spartan Invitational. I'm just going to go over Michigan State A and B games for Friday. The A team is going to start off 7 o'clock, Michigan State against Grand Valley. Then the B team is after that, Michigan State B against Eastern Michigan. And then at 9.15 is the big game on Friday, Michigan State's A versus the University of Michigan A. Saturday, we have Michigan State B against Grand Valley at 10.45 a.m. And then you have Michigan State A at 1.45 a.m. against the Notre Dame A team. And then the Michigan State A and B team are going to combine at 3.15 to face Central Michigan. Then Michigan State B will be playing Central Michigan again at 5.30. Michigan State A at 7 o'clock against Carnegie Mellon. And then 7.45, Michigan State B against the University of Michigan B. And that'll do it for Saturday. And then for Sunday, you have Michigan State B against Notre Dame B. That's the only MSU game that day. That's at 10.45 on Sunday morning. Like I said, the teams that will be there, obviously Michigan State is hosting it. Grand Valley State, University of Michigan, Lindenwood, who Michigan State will not be playing. But that's a big rivalry there. Carnegie Mellon, who Michigan State will be playing on Saturday. Notre Dame, Central Michigan, and Eastern Michigan. So that's it for water polo. Let's move on to swimming now. The Michigan State men's and women's team has the University of Michigan this weekend. The men's team comes in ranked number two in the country. The women's team is 20th. Let's hear from Coach Matt Giannotis on his preview of both meets coming up this weekend. All right, so weekend trip to Ann Arbor, the women Friday night, then men Saturday. Women are also at Toledo on Saturday. Michigan, obviously one of the premier swim programs in the country, 9-0, and ranked number two in the nation. Um, their women team struggled a little bit in the Big Ten. They're at 2-4, and 5-5 five and five overall, coming off a tough loss against Ohio State. How much do you like seeing your athletes compete against really some of the best athletes in the country? Well, it's a nice experience going down there. You know, their facility is really nice. They put a lot into it. Um, it's going to be senior day for them, and uh, so they'll be jacked up, I think. Um, on the women's side, I think the meet is going to be more about posturing and getting ready for Big Tens. Their, their team, I think, will do the same thing that our team will be doing, you know, getting themselves final, whatever you want to call it, adjustments, getting ready for Big Tens. On the men's side, it's a, it's a tall order. they got a really nice team. Uh, they've lost a lot from last year, but... They reload all the time, and uh, our guys have a tall order when it comes to swimming against them. But, you know, you want to measure yourself. They're the best team in the Big Ten. Last year they were the best team in the country. So, you know, if you're going to measure yourself on your final meet, you might as well measure yourself against the best. And starting with the women, you mentioned them a little bit, their strategy. But just talk about some of the key athletes that they have that you should look out for. They have a really good breaststroker. Uh, she was a great kid. Uh, they got a good backstroker, too. They're deep in pretty much every event, but I'd say those are the two best. I don't know where they're going to be this weekend necessarily. Um, we're going without a 1,000 in the meet, so their distance kids and our distance kids are probably going to swim the 400 IM because that's what our, our distance kids are going to do. So they're strong across the board. I mean, obviously in our league there are teams a heck of a lot better than they are on the women's side. Um, but they're getting better. They're putting together one heck of a class too. So, their breaststroke and backstroke are probably their two biggest strengths. You know. 
And and for the men's side, Dylan Bosch just, was just named Big Ten Swimmer of the Week for the third time this season. Him and three other U of M swimmers have combined to win that award eight out of the 16 weeks during the season. So they're obviously very fast, very deep. Just talk about some of the athletes to look out for the men's side, aside from all of them. Well, they have Connor Jager, who was, who was a, a medalist at the World Championships last year, and then they... They're very good. They're very deep. You know, they, like I said, they lost a lot of guys from last year, but they still have a big senior class. Kyle Whitaker was freshman of the year when he was um, in the Big Ten, and uh, uh, you know, so they they have a lot of guys. If I started naming them all off, I, we'd be here a long time. Um, but again, I mean, our our, our guys, uh, our, I mean, it's a good experience for our guys because you're gonna have an opportunity to really kind of go down there. That's where Big Tens are this year for the men, and so we'll have an opportunity to at least do it as a dry run. You know, kind of a dress rehearsal kind of thing, which is good. Um, you know, we have some people who can compete with their guys, and, and so that'll be interesting to see. But, yeah, I mean, they, they got a good team. You know. Now talk about the rivalry there for a little bit. Is it like the mainstream sports, or is it different in swimming? I mean, it's different in swimming because it's been really one-sided. I mean, it's been a very one-sided. I mean, for in order for it to be a rivalry, we would have to win a couple, and it's been very, very one-sided. So... Um, it's different, uh, and it's also different in terms of where the meets place. Sometimes the timing of the meet, where it is, what both teams are trying to accomplish at that point in the season. So, it, it's it's different. It's not like if you were to go there and think this is Michigan, Michigan State, it wouldn't be like what you were were to expect. The intensity really isn't that high. I mean, our kids are up and they're they're energetic, but the intensity isn't as high as it would be. For, and it's not very high for them either. I mean, you know, they go and compete against Stanford and Texas, and and uh, you know, they go all over the place. Um, and win most of those meets too, so it would be probably a little bit different than what a normal Michigan State fan, Michigan Michigan State fan, would see. And let's talk about Toledo for a little bit. You have Toledo on Saturday, which is the eighth, and then eleven days later, your women are swimming at Big Tens. Uh, last year, you had about a, almost a month grace period between regular season and Big Tens. Is that going to make it more challenging to get prepared and rested this year? No, and in fact, we I think we set it up this way because last week we had such a long time in between racing and kids get bored. And even though they're getting rest and, you know, it's, well, most of the time it gets sunny out about this time of the year, but uh, it, it still weighs on you and you start getting really bored and you start getting a little burned out. So this year we decided to take that last meet to Big Tens. We decided to make it a little bit shorter, see if it works. Definitely I was not afraid to make a mistake this year and our girls aren't, haven't been afraid to make a mistake either. We'll go after Toledo pretty hard and, uh, and, you know, we'll swim as fast as we can. Sometimes at this point when you're 11 days out, your body is adjusting to some of the rest stuff. But my feeling is, is that last year we, we waited way too long between swims, you know. Which coaches are going to be at which meets on, on this weekend? Kathleen's going to go with the women. And, uh, you know, it's a Michigan, Michigan State deal. So I'll, the head coach should be at the Michigan, Michigan State. So I'll be with the guys. Um, and I'll be with the women on Friday night. And then I'm going to drive back home and then go down with the guys on Saturday. So, um, Kathleen gets a chance to put a notch on her belt and get her first win, and we'll, you know, we'll see what happens. But she'll be down there with them. I'll get updates, obviously, on my phone as the thing goes on. And we'll, I'll know by Saturday, of course, by Saturday, by the end of the meet, I'll know exactly what happened and take a look at results. Now, Brian Williams is a senior swimmer for Michigan State's men's team. He's going to be swimming his last regular season dual meet of his career. Then, of course, it's on to Big Ten. So let's hear from him about his last time facing U of M facing the number two team in the country on Saturday in Michigan. Um, do you expect you and your teammates to kind of get up for that meet because it's they're such a highly ranked team? Uh, I would have to say so. It would be a good indication of what we're going to see at the end of this month with uh, Big Tens. Um, Michigan, the past few years, has won it. So 
they're obviously you know the number one contender for the Big Ten championship. So uh, coming to this meet, having this meet, being the last meet of the year, I feel like it's kind of uh, showing what the underclassmen what to expect at Big Ten. So it kind of gives them a little uh, you know boost to get ready for Big Tens. And now you're the only returning swimmer from last year who won an event against Michigan, which was in the 200 fly. Do you feel a sense that you have to defend the crown, so to say, or you have to get a win there to break it up a little bit? Um, you know, it obviously would be nice to uh, get a win just to represent Michigan State University to the best of my ability. Um, I I won't be uh, doing the 200 fly uh, just due to sickness. I'll be, you know, shorter events this time. So obviously, whichever events I am and I'm going to bring it, uh, you know, give it my all and hopefully I can pull out a win. And this will be your last time swimming uh, before Big Tens in, in the regular season. So is there something that you want to have accomplished by the end of Saturday before you get into that championship meet? Uh, I would say just having good walls. It's uh, something that I've been focused on all year. Uh, the coaches have been just constantly, you know, telling me every day at practice, you know, hey, try and get four or six kicks off each wall. Don't breathe in and out of your turn. So if I can do that this weekend, I'll be pretty confident going into Big Tens. And uh, hopefully when it comes to Big Ten time, I'll be ready to do it. All right, now we're going to hear from assistant coach Michael Hume about the Toledo meet, get into that a little bit more, and about how taper works for the women since they have a little bit shorter of a turnover from last season. So let's hear from Michael. The head coach of Toledo, Chris Peters, um, coached me in college. So I know Chris really well. Um, he's got a really good program down there. Um, I know a lot of the um, girls on their team, we recruited. Um, they recruited a lot of the girls on our team, so there's a lot of uh, knowledge there back and forth with both programs. Um, it should be a really fun meet. Um, both teams, you know, we're coming up to Big Ten, so it's going to be um, a good good chance for us to, you know, really dial in and see where we're at. With I think we'll be nine days out at that point. And, and speaking of Big Tens, uh, I was talking to Matt last year. There was almost about a month between regular season and Big Tens. This year, there's about 11 days for the women. How much easier is it to prepare with uh, about like a week and a half or so as compared to like three weeks? Um, it's easier in some aspects and harder in some aspects. Um, I think it's a lot easier because you can see more where you're at. You can really... Um, Kind of use it as an opportunity to gauge, you know, how tired people are, how much um, snap they have in their strokes and stuff like that. But it's also it's harder to keep people engaged and um, when when you don't have a meet. So it's it's uh you know there's there's uh there's benefits to having a meet this close, and there's also you know sometimes people get really nervous that they have a meet um, in the middle of their rest, um, and you don't want them to go to a meet and swim slow and then think that they're going to do poorly at Big Tens. Um, so balancing the emotions with the physical rest and all that is is interesting but i think it's i like that we're gonna have a meet so close all right and then you heard all those interviews there especially from coach giannotis he was talking about how good michigan's swim team is especially on the men's side and just to give you another idea of how good they are that michigan michigan state rivalry as he was talking about it's been very one-sided and he is very correct about that michigan is 83 and 5 all-time against Michigan State, and they've also won 37 consecutive dual meets against MSU, and then that was including a 168-61 victory last season in East Lansing, in which they set seven McCaffrey pool records. So that's very impressive. If you want to know even more, since 2008 season, Michigan has been 30-1 and against Big Ten competition. 
They've lost one Big Ten competition since 2008. Go back even further, they're 48-3-1 since 2008 in dual meets in general. So that's branching outside of the Big Ten as well. And out of the 96 Big Ten swimming events this season in dual meets, Michigan has won 66 of those events, which is good for a 68 win percentage. So very impressive stuff there. They're ranked number two in the poll. They dropped to number two. Florida's now the number one team in the country, which I don't really quite understand. Um, the logic, what I read from the CSCAA Division One poll, was that Michigan won a close meet against Ohio State, and then Florida got two good victories over top 25 teams in Auburn and Tennessee and so because they won two they won more convincingly against two ranked teams and Michigan won closely against one ranked team in Ohio State they felt that Florida all of a sudden is better I don't know but when you've only lost three dual meets the last six seasons it's hard for me to believe that they're not the best so I'll believe I'll believe that ranking when I see it you know if if I see Michigan not be a national champion this year then I'll believe it but Regardless, they're very, very good. Uh, they will definitely be contending for another NCAA title. They have a, vi- a lot of very good swimmers. You know, Giannotis said Connor Jagger, he was obviously, he got a bronze medal at the World Champions this year. He went to the Olympics. He was sixth in the uh, 1500 meter. Sophomore Dylan Bosch, we mentioned earlier, he was Big Ten Swimmer of the Week for the third time this year. He's an absolute stud. He's going to be the future. Um, he, he's going to have a chance, actually. To, to win an NCAA title as a sophomore. And so if you look at their national rankings right now, um, they have guys that are up there with the best, if not the best. I mean, they're easily going to win Big Tens, I'm going to tell you right now. It's not even going to be close. They're definitely going to win Big Tens. Um, but they have guys that can compete for a national title. Michael Winalda, uh, he can compete for a national title in the 200-yard freestyle. He's second in the country right now at 132.91. Connor Jagger, as we just mentioned, has has a chance to win multiple national championships. He's already won two from last year in the 500 and the and the mile, and he's on pace to do that again this year. He's second in the 500 this year at 4:14.05. Expect him definitely to get under 4:14 with he when he's shaved and tapered. And then he's leading the nation right now in the mile at 14:39.02. Expect him to defend that title, and I expect him to defend that 500 freestyle title as well and if you look at others uh, Anders Nielsen actually they have a potential to one two that mile in NCAAs because they, they have the top two times there Anders Nielsen is second in the mile at 1447.88 he has an outside chance to compete with Jager in the 500 uh, he's been 41549 which is fourth in the country so they also they have potential to score lots of points uh, at the top there in, in the distance events uh, Richard Funk uh, who's a very good breaststroker for them. He's second in the 100-yard breaststroke at 52-31. He'll compete for a national championship in that event. He's got an outside chance in the 200. He's fifth in the country at 154-75. And then, of course, Dylan Bosch, he, he's probably going to win, granted, depending on what he swims, but he's leading the Big Ten in four different events as a sophomore, both the 100- and 200-yard butterfly and the 200-yard and 400-yard IM. And he, he's ranked first in the country in the 200-yard butterfly at 141.01. Obviously, shaven tapered. He's going to be under 141, maybe even under 140, which is ridiculous. Um, in the 200-yard IM, I think he's got, a, again, he's got a chance to compete there for a national championship. He's third at 
He also has an outside chance to win the 400 IM at NCAAs, though I wouldn't expect him to. Uh, he's fifth in the country right now at 342.94. But all of those times, including his 100-yard butterfly, which is ninth in the country at 46.57, all of those lead the Big Ten, so he'll definitely be there. Um, and then Kyle Whitaker, as Matt Giannotis also stated, he's nationally ranked as well. Now, he's second in his best three events in the Big Ten, and he's ninth, tenth, and sixth, respectively, in those events as well. And those events are the 200-yard butterfly, 200-yard IM, and 400-yard IM. And the reason why he's second is because his teammate, Dylan Bosch, is first. He obviously compete for a Big Ten championship with his teammate there. And then, obviously, he'll do well in nationals as well. So they have a very good team on the men's team. And that's not to say that their women's team isn't bad either. But the men's team is definitely stands out when you're looking at the analysis there. So um, they're coming off a very close win against Ohio State last week, 154 to 147. Um, Ohio State actually, with that loss, this shows you how good Michigan is. With the loss, Ohio State moved up five spots. They were number ninth in the country, and now they're fourth. You don't see that too often. So that's some of the, the preview there for Michigan. All right, and so that's the last dual meet for the season. Again, it's Friday, the women at 5 o'clock against Michigan. Saturday at noon, the men against Michigan. And then Saturday at 1 o'clock, the women will travel to Toledo. Women's Big Ten Championship meet is February 19th through the 22nd, which is coming up at the end of the month here. Then the men starts on February 26th and ends on March 1st. The women's will be held in Minneapolis, and the men's, as Matt Ginos mentioned before, will be in Ann Arbor at the University of Michigan. So with that said, that's the end of the show today. I'll be at all four A-team games for the water polo team this weekend. I'll be giving updates on all three swim meets as well, so we'll be very busy on the weekend. You can follow live updates on Twitter at Max, M-A-X underscore A underscore King, K-I-N-G. Also be sure to follow at MSU Impact Sports and like the Facebook page by searching MSU Impact Sports for more updates on that and for more content on swimming, water polo, or any other Michigan State sport, you can go to our website at impact89fm.org forward slash sports. This has been another episode of Pool Time. Thanks for listening once again. Until next time, see you.